in court of protection it is it is all for you're all working for the good of one person and in their best interests which is our overriding principle and so i find it very rewarding when you you make a decision and you know that it's really going to positively impact someone moving them to a different flat which is going to suit their needs so much better it's very rewarding Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla, I'm a trainee solicitor and I am the host for today's show. In this episode, we're joined by Philippa Davies, a seven PQE solicitor at Dawson Cornwell, specialising in matrimonial and family law, as well as court of protection matters. And in today's episode, we'll be delving into Philippa's career journey and finding out more about family and court of protection law, which is a fascinating area of law that's not talked about a lot. So without further ado, let's welcome Philippa onto the show. Welcome, Philippa. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And um, I wonder if we could kick off the episode just by starting off, um, you know, getting a little bit of insight into your career journey so far. Of course, yes. Um, Well, my original plan many years ago was to do law at university and go down the sort of traditional route. But I uh, changed my mind at pretty much the very last minute and decided to do languages instead. Um, So I went off to Exeter and I did French and Russian um, because I thought, well, you know, if I want to go into law afterwards, I've still got the GDL route. Um, So after university, I went off and worked as a PA for a while in the city um, in Headhunters, which was turned out to be a really great experience and incredibly useful. But after a couple of years, I thought, no, I think law is calling. Um, So I went off and I did the GDL um, at BPP and then the LPC. And then I worked as a paralegal for three years at Stewart's Law. I did two years in catastrophic personal injury, which was slightly unexpected um, because I, I wanted to go straight into family, but I did catastrophic PI and it was amazing. It was so interesting. Um, then um, a spot came up in family, so I moved over to family for a year. And then I left uh, Stewart's to go to Dawson Cormer, where I did my training contract, and I've been there ever since. Fascinating. I really like the fact that you uh, you didn't just go straight into law either. You had that experience as a headhunter, and I can imagine that um, that that really gave you some, some great skills. Um, so yeah, that's that's really interesting. And what is court of protection law and why did you decide to qualify into family and court of protection law? Um, So first of all, court of protection is a court which makes decisions on behalf of those who cannot do so because they lack mental capacity. Um, It was set up following uh, the Mental Capacity Act 2005, which is our key piece of legislation we use all the time in. We call it COP. Court of protection. So in COP work, we use um, the Mental Capacity Act all the time. 
Um, and so the court can make decisions for people, um, such as whether they have capacity, um, whether a, a deputy should be appointed, so that's somebody to make decisions on behalf of the person who can no longer do so. Um, they can remove deputies or attorneys under a power of attorney if they are failing to carry out their duties. Um, they can make particular decisions on financial matters, such as whether to sell somebody's house or welfare matters, and that comes up quite a lot in the press. You read more about sort of wealth, health and welfare, um, such as whether somebody should have a particular sort of treatment in hospital, or whether they have the capacity to marry um, or enter into a sexual relationship. So it's all, all sorts of things um, that someone can no longer make decisions for for themselves. So that's court of protection law. Um, and so you said, why did I decide to go into it? Well, I Dawson Cornwell specialises in family law. And I always really wanted to do family. So I started doing that. I qualified into family. And it was just because the partner that I work for um, became a panel deputy. So he's on the office of the public guardians panel um, of deputies. And so once I began working for him, I picked up a lot of quarter protection work, um, which I have been doing with him. And it, it turned out that I absolutely love it. Um, and so I now do about 90 percent of COP work. Um, and a lot less matrimonial. Again, I think that's interesting because sometimes people can go into a law career with a preconception of the idea of law that they want to practice, and then um, something will come along and uh, that's totally unexpected, and they'll fall in love with it. So you know, it's always that sort of advice to keep an open mind. And I can see that that's almost what's happened in your situation. You didn't expect. Um, or you didn't foresee quarter protection as an area that you'd be practicing in. But look at you now. So, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely right. I think exactly as you say, it's so important to keep an open mind because you life sort of offers you these strange opportunities that you never thought of before or areas of law that you've never heard of. And you could think, well, I just, you know, that's not what I want to do. It's not in my plan. But if you give things a go, it can turn out that they are completely up your street and absolutely fascinating and you want to you want to stay there. And that's what's happened with me in quarter protection, for sure. Absolutely. And um, what does a typical day look like for you if there is such a thing? Um, well, because I support um, my boss, who is the uh, panel deputy, as I explained earlier, uh, the work is really varied. It is it is all um, property and affairs. So it's all about people's money and investments and properties and that sort of thing. Um, but just as everyone has an incredibly different life that they lead, that means that all the work is very different. It's often the case that a lot of our, our patients, the people that we work for, our clients, they have Alzheimer's or dementia. And because a panel deputy is a deputy of last resort, often these people don't have family members who can step in and help them. And so in the years before their diagnosis and before we get put in to help them, before appointed by the Court of Protection, things are getting quite chaotic. So by the time that we are appointed, we have to try and make sense of somebody's life. And 
we always say it's a bit like having a jigsaw where all the pieces have been thrown up in the air and you've only got two edge pieces or, you know, trying to piece it all together is very tricky. So that makes my day quite varied. Um, so I tend to do more of the contentious side of work. So I'm quite often making app drafting applications to the court um, for authority to sell property um, or to be appointed as a replacement trustee. Um, there's also a lot of satellite matters that come up, such as um, possession proceedings, which is another area of law, which I didn't really know a lot about, but have become involved in when we have to seek authority uh, to to begin possession proceedings against someone who's in the patient's home. Quite often an adult child who refuses to leave and will make no financial contribution when their parent has a lot of care fees that they need to pay. Um, and then I de will deal with the possession proceedings as well. So there's a, a lot of, it's very paperwork heavy, but it's really varied. Um, sometimes as well, I'm off down to somebody's home um, to, to go and see them and talk to them about an application that we're going to make, or sometimes to a care home to visit them. So it can be a very varied day, certainly very varied subject matter, a lot of plate spinning. Yeah, it does sound like it can be definitely challenging. Um, but then, you know, where, where there's challenges, there's often rewards. So I wondered perhaps if you could go into perhaps the most challenging and most rewarding parts of your job. The, it's challenging by its nature, because like I said, there's often a lack of clarity as to how someone has run their life and trying to piece it all together can be tricky. Um, there are some administrative challenges as well with the court as there are with any court. They're completely overburdened, um, not enough staff. Um, and so it can be frustrating when you apply for an order for, for example, authority to sell somebody's home because they've gone into a care home and they're not coming back and they need to free up the capital to pay care fees or something like that and it can take four or five months to get an order which that can be quite frustrating although we are quite used to it now another frustrating well not frustrating but challenging thing can be a family dynamic because sometimes the reason that we're put in as deputy is because there's been for example one of the children of the of the patient um, was an attorney under a lasting power of attorney another sibling might accuse them of financial abuse and the family breakdown can really escalate. Uh, the one thing they tend to agree on is that um, they really dislike the court appointed deputy. Um, so there can be some quite challenging family dynamics, either sort of towards us or just trying to deal with all of all of the family members insofar as we need to. So that can be a challenge. But um, it's like I say, it's very, I find it very rewarding work just what I really like about it is the fact that everybody is working for the good of one person because um, family work is equally fascinating, but it is by its nature adversarial. Whereas in court of protection, it is, it is all for you all working for the good of one person and in their best interests, which is our overriding principle. Um, and so I find it very rewarding when you can, you make a decision and you know that it's really going to positively impact someone like moving them to a different flat which is going to suit their needs so much better it's very rewarding yeah that that must have a real impact on somebody's life like where they live and yeah and, you know their ability to pay off certain um you know debts or 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 anything like that so i think yeah um, 
and to make them comfortable in what is often the last months years of their life is is very rewarding absolutely for the past four years I have been very lucky in the sense that I have had the shoulders of friends and family to sob on and unfortunately for them to vent at whilst I have been under pressure and stress from university deadlines and whilst going through the gruelling process of training contract applications and interviews. They have been my unofficial therapists and during tough times have reminded me that there is always light at the end of the tunnel. But it's not always possible to rely on a friend or family member to help you through difficult times, especially if they are not trained therapists. And sometimes speaking to somebody outside of your family or friendship circle is a better option anyway. If you're going through stressful times, looking to improve the quality of your life, vent or need somebody to remove the weight of the world from your shoulders, BetterHelp, the sponsor of today's podcast, may be right for you. BetterHelp is the largest therapy platform in the world and it changes the way people approach their mental health and helps them tackle life's challenges by providing accessible and affordable care. The therapists at BetterHelp are qualified to help you through everything from daily stresses to anxiety, relationships, depression, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem and much more. After you sign up, BetterHelp will match you to a therapist who fits your objectives, preferences and the type of issues that you are dealing with. So whilst a friend or family member, aka an unofficial therapist, is great to speak to, therapists on BetterHelp include psychologists, family therapists, licensed clinical social workers and licensed professional counsellors. Visit www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off your first month. That's www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month. I know that I'm looking forward to using BetterHelp to help me get through the SQE when I start it next year. And so what do you think are some of the uh, the qualities that aspiring family lawyers or court of protection lawyers should try to develop? Um, well, I think um, with both family and court of protection, you've, you've got to be very interested in people on sort of individual level. Um, I always sort of quite fancy getting into family because I'm quite nosy. So I think it's I think a lot of people would say that about family lawyers. You know, it's it's interesting getting into hearing what people are up to and that sort of thing. Um, and so I guess it's the, kind of the same with court of protection, really. You've got to you've got to want to connect with someone and be genuinely interested in their life. And so having a lot of empathy for both is very important. And yeah, being being interested, being sympathetic, being patient. You need a lot of patience in, in both areas um, and probably developing a thick skin as well. Um, with family, you don't tend to see people at their best when they're going through divorce or any any sort of argument to do with their children. They definitely uh, you see people at their their most hurt. And um, like I say, with with court of protection, if you're having to deal with um, aggrieved family members, that can also be quite challenging. So you have to develop a thicker skin and remember that you're working, you're all working for the good of, of the patient um, and try to take uh, things on the chin a bit. <laughs> and just linking that back to perhaps how um, how students could perhaps develop, begin to develop those skills before they actually get into the role. Uh, so, so when you were speaking, it sort of um, took me back to my days in customer service roles 
um, and you know working behind bars because you have to learn how to deal with people very very well absolutely yeah I just I just wondered if you had any experience with that or if you know anybody who has you know done any jobs which have helped them uh, sort of get the skills that are required for family or court protection lawyers Yes, you're right, actually. It doesn't necessarily need to be a job in law. Um, I spent many years waitressing and doing bar work. And I think, as you say, it's all it's also valuable, isn't it? Um, equally, having worked as a PA before going into law, that has stood me in such good stead. It's not, not the personal qualities that you need, but for becoming a solicitor, because it teaches you to be incredibly organised. And that is just absolutely key. But yes, in terms of personal quality, certainly customer facing roles and dealing with the the great, you know, the great British public is is certainly um, an education and, and very useful. And then more legal work would working at the CAB, volunteering at the CAB. I did that. And it was excellent because you you kind of become quite a generalist because you you end up well, most people there anyway, if you're volunteering, you have to advise about everything and say. So so you can have family work come in. And I'm sure it does far more now than when I was there. Now that the legal aid has been cut, I expect there's a lot more people who come in. And also court of protection matters crop up as well, because people do do come in, um, vulnerable people or perhaps older people who are got in a muddle with um, mortgage repayments. We have someone like this at the moment. And she went to the CAB and that's how the court of protection became involved. Um, and so it's certainly the case that, that working someone like that will um, will help you develop the skills that you need for law and particularly in these more client facing areas of law. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I, I remember I volunteered at the Citizens Advice Bureau um, back in the day as well, and, and it was a really great experience. So I, I definitely echo that. Um, and I wonder if you've got any advice for our listeners who are interested in exploring family law or court of protection law further and what they can do or where they can go. Well, because it's. Um, it's both such fascinating areas of law. They do tend to be covered in the media quite a lot. So keep your eyes peeled for the stories. Often family stories are quite sensationalised when they're put in the paper. Um, you know, some wife has got all this money from the man and whatever Daily Mail type stories. But if you then go off and read the judgments, you'll probably find that very interesting. And it, it, it all comes down to certain principles of law. So that's always very interesting to look at. Um, and yes, like I say, they'll, you'll sort of come across those. Court of protection, there tend to be far more reported cases in health and welfare, which I don't deal with so much. I do do some health and welfare and it's always fascinating, but not quite so much. Um, but you will come across stories like that in the, in the press. Um, otherwise, there is um, a barrister's chambers called 39 Essex and they do monthly court of protection law updates, which are always brilliant. Um, and anyone can subscribe to that. So if you're interested in court of protection law, it's worth worth um, subscribing to that newsletter, I would say. That's great. And what I'll do is try and leave a link for it in the um, or their website, 39 Essex, in the description box so that any of our listeners can refer back to that if, um, if they don't have a pen handy. Um, okay, and, and I wondered if there's any new stories or developments in the law that our listeners should be following um, to keep up to date with developments in family law or quarter protection law, if they are interested in, in those areas. Um, well, as I say, there's always lots in the in the papers about yeah. it. Um, 
There's some reform in terms of family law possibly coming our way because our main piece of legislation is from 1973, the Matrimonial Causes Act. And so there's some discussion at the moment about whether that should be revised for the modern time and lots of debate back and forth. Um, There's also a lot of um, debate about transparency in the family courts at the moment, which is going on. So that's that's quite often in the press. And that's that's interesting. Court of protection, like I say, there's less about um, property and affairs uh, because it's you just don't get so many judgments reported um, more about health and welfare. And it's always interesting to to read cases about uh, treatment that people are bringing um a bit like you'll remember the cases with the children like Alfie no, Archie Battersby last year whether he should have his treatment withdrawn um because uh, he was brain dead but his mother didn't accept it that's actually dealt with under the children act so it's children law but if he were over 18 it would be court of protection it's a similar principle so there are lots of cases like that that um that get into the press So they're always fascinating to watch out for. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, it's been a real eye opener, this episode. You know, we've we've recorded over 100 episodes and you're our first court of protection lawyer. So it's it's been really interesting for me to to learn about this area of law and I'm sure for our listeners as well. And so thank you so much for, um, you know, providing your insights into this area of law, which is um, like you said, in the news quite often, but not maybe not spoken about so much as, as an area of law. No. A separate separate to family law. So I think that's it's been really interesting to Good. learn more. About and it's it. funny, once you once you sort of come across it, you notice it far more because it really does touch the lives of so many people. Yeah. And quite often people will have grandparents who develop dementia or know someone who who has an acquired brain injury and that's where the court of protection comes in so um it's not talked about very often but but once you know it's there you'll you'll realize that it comes into a lot of people i'm sure i'm sure yeah i'm sure i'll I'll recognize it so so many uh so much more often now and where can listeners connect with you if they'd like to maybe reach out or just follow your career um well you can find my profile on the dawson cornwell website um, and then i'm on linkedin as well I'm not a great one for social media, but I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> well, I'll leave links to your LinkedIn and to the um, the firm website as well. So if anyone would like to connect with you, then they can find you there. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Philippa, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have you on. And yeah, thank you to the, all, all of the listeners as well for tuning in. Yes. Thanks, Camilla, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. Don't forget that if you're looking for a way to remove the weight of the world from your shoulders, the therapists at BetterHelp are qualified to help you through your daily stresses. Just visit www.betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash TSL for 10% off of your first month.